Those singers back then, I mean, like you had, they were, they all came from church, you know what I mean? And church was, you know, and I think there's a, a larger conversation to be had about, you know, the, the death of the black church in the black community and the role that played in the type of singers that you hear, you know, you don't really hear like shouters or, or belters, you know, there's a, f a few here. But like every now and again, probably the last one is, 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 is it Fantasia? You fa definitely Fantasia. It's like, definitely that's Fantasia. the last sort of. Fantasia and uh, Jennifer Hudson. And Jennifer Hudson, yeah. But, yeah, but just those big voices. I mean, you don't really hear those now. You mostly have, you know, just robs, which is what I've termed uh, racially ambiguous whispering bitches. That's you the, just took me all the way. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, no. pretty much. Yeah, and, I mean, they make great music, but that's okay. They're all this is this. They're Ladies all the daughters. They're all Please the daughters the of Aaliyah. I hope you had a chance to check out part one of my conversation with Fonte. If you didn't, that sounds like a personal problem. No, but in all seriousness, it's not too late. So feel free to download that when you get a chance. It does not preclude you from hearing what's coming up next on Jamel Hill is Unbothered, which is part two of this amazing conversation as we continue to discuss the most pressing issues like why were the wigs so bad in Tyler Perry's Netflix drama, A Fall From Grace? Me and Fonte break it down. That's up next on Jamel Hill is Unbothered. Despite that, uh, you know, it was all these good vibes and stuff from the reunion and the album and everything. Um, you know, I, I've heard you talk a little bit about it before, but of mm -hmm. course people could not um, overlook the fact that Ninth was not a part of this project. Right. Um, well, why did you decide that this other component was not meant for this? Uh, I think it just, it was a mutual decision. I mean, I think, you know, we just really, again, having conversations about what you want versus what the other person wants. And, you know, I just saw that we wanted very different things. And, um, you know, rather than you just, you know, belaboring the point and, you know, just make turning into something crazy, I just made decisions like, you know what? we got this, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, and that was it. And so, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's no, and I've said this like time and time again, you know, it's no beef. It's no nothing like that. It's just, we really more than anything, you know, that, as I, that I could say, um, we just ran the course of our personal and professional relationship. And, um, you know, I'm always thankful and grateful for the music that we built together and for the legacy that we built um, for each other. You know what I'm saying? Cause we were both, each other's introduction into the game, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, so I'm always thankful for that. But uh, just because you're rooted in something, just because you start here, you know, it don't mean that they necessarily going to go all the way with you. And uh, again, something that in my 20s, I would have took very personally. Now, I just understand it as people growing and just because something wants somebody wants something different than what you want. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're against you. It just means that they're for them. And I have no issue with anyone. And I urge people, you know, choose yourself. You know what I'm saying? Do what, you know, if, if you know that this doesn't work or this doesn't serve you, then just say that. And so that was kind of how it went. And, um, 
that was that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah, um, at least based off you know what I read and some comments I heard that yeah, you yeah. make is that it seemed like you guys were on different pages from a philosophical standpoint. That he wanted to do all the songs, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah. You wanted to bring in some new. I want to bring in other producers, other producers, and he kind of wasn't with that. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, nah, I'm, like you, it's you know, you you can't have the, in my opinion, you know, um, you know, there was two kind of little brothers uh so you know there was like listening minstrel show and then there was like the get back separate but equal mixtape era and there were you know fervent supporters on both sides so my thing in going in with the new record uh i was just like man we have to serve both sides of that equation you know what i'm saying and um you know, you you have to honor, and I've, I've said this before. You have to honor who a person became in your presence, in, or in in your absence, rather. You know, you you can't. It's like if you walk out of your son's life, and then you come back eighteen years later, and you find out he's a drug dealer, you can't condemn him and say, "Well, son, you need to stop selling these drugs because this you you're harming the community." Don't you know Tyler Perry is writing a movie about this right now? He gonna be finished in four hours, and it's gonna be on Netflix Sunday. And goddamn it, you need to stop selling drugs. Like you can't, you know what I mean? It's like nigga, you know, did you ever start to think that maybe if you were in his life, maybe he wouldn't be drugs? Like who the fuck are you now to show up and then try to damn stop moralizing? Yeah, yeah, get the fuck out of here. So um, so yeah, that was you know that was kind of my take on it. I got you. So um, you are you're. It's interesting because it's like you're balancing almost. You're yourself in every space, but you're balancing like three different, you know, groups, basically. Yeah. It's like, I don't count yourself as a group, but it's like your solo it's a, career. It's a, yeah, it's a venture. It's, it's a venture. A, yeah, it's like your solo career, little brother, and foreign exchange. So how do you make it all work? Um, I I think the, the thing that's over the years has kind of helped me make it work is that um, I just, whatever the, the energy is, you know what I'm saying, I go with it. So... Um, me and Pooh, like we when we sat down and started doing this record, we was just like, yeah, dude. I I, I told him up front, he didn't believe me. I was like, yo, bro, all we need is like 10 records. I'm, I'm 10. I'm like, tell you, I'm 10. That's all we need is 10. And he was like, man, man, you know, I mean, well, we can always do some more. I was like, I mean, yeah, we can maybe do some more, but I'm telling you, 10. By the time we got to like record nine, he was like, Yeah, so all I need is one more verse, right? I was like, Yep, I told you, dude. Like it's so now, because I've been doing it for so long, I kind of know how to conserve my energy and you can kind of gauge when you, I know what the end of something feels like. You know what I'm saying? Because like you did you, 10, I was, I'm just checking, you did 10 for No News Is Good News. Yeah, yeah. it was, that for was your solo just, yeah, I'm like, yo, that was, that's just kind of been my number as of recently. Just, if you can tell a whole story in 35 minutes, then you don't need 55 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think the way I kind of balance it all is just, giving each thing its space to kind of become what it is. Um, you know, I just kind of walk away from it. So um, with Foreign Exchange, you know, me and Nick, we're just in the process of just kind of rewriting everything. And, you know, we're still in constant contact almost daily because we still run the label. Um, and But musically, we're just both like, you know what, when it's time for us to do it again, we'll do it again. And when we do it, we're totally just throwing the whole book out and we just rebuilding the shit from scratch. So I shouldn't get my hopes up for 2024 new 40. 2020, that's going to be tough. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I can't say because I'm kind of plot about now, but um, 2020, that's that's going to be tough. Maybe 2021. Okay. I sound like, I sound like Marvel and shit. Like, new <laughs> foreign exchange in the summer 2025. 
Goddamn, Fonte too. Uh, damn, I'm like, nigga, we still gonna be alive when this shit to come out? I'm just saying. I don't want to put too much leeway in it, but um, but yeah, that's kind of how I balance it all. I just, you know, I'll write songs and think, okay, well, this sounds like me. This could be Little Brother. This could be Foreign Exchange, and just kind of put. So it you're in able the right to segment, mode. okay? Yeah. So, um, with that said, what is going on sort of with your solo career? Do you still plan to release more solo stuff? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and so it's funny. I was actually talking to um a good buddy, of mine, my my man Focus, who did uh, Good Morning Sunshine, and uh, he did Good Morning Sunshine, and oh God, I'm losing. Uh, Work through me on uh, on Made Lord Watch. And, um, you know, me and him were just talking and I was just kind of telling him about my solo career. I'm just thinking more in terms now of um, kind of giving the audience a little more breadcrumbs to follow. Um, it was really hard for me when I made Leave It All Behind. And the first thing I heard was, oh, man, it's, it's, just, it's just singing on this. Now, in my mind, it's just all music. Like, I don't look at it as rapping versus singing versus whatever. Like I, that's just how I operate. But what I came to understand was that the audience doesn't work that way. So it's easy for you to feel, to be comfort, to be, you know, comfortable with this new shift, because these are songs that you've had in your head for the last two, three, four years that you've been hearing every day. They're just hearing this shit for the first time. And the last time they heard you, you was doing something that was not that. <laughs> so you got to give them time to catch up. So, you know, I have just so many different like musical ideas and things. So my thing with my solo career now is probably more so going the EP route of just having little small projects that I can just put out to give people a sense of where I am right now. So it's not a two, three year wait. And then if I come out with a country album, it's like, well, what the fuck? I can kind of lead up to my country album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is so, that a hint? Man, listen, I love country music. I love that shit. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a North Carolinian. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah. I mean, it could be, but whatever it is, my my goal for my solo career, it may not be just full length albums, albums. Um, it may be more little projects that just kind of give you, just kind of checking in with my audience every so often. Like, hey, this is what I was on last week. Hey, last week I locked in with so and so, and we did this. Here's three, four songs. You know, doing things like that. So. We'll see. Well, as I said, no news is good news. Definitely a banger. Um, Thank you, you so you, much. Yeah, man. I you, really appreciate that. You opened up a lot uh, on the album, talking about health, um, marriage, fidelity, a lot of different topics, and which were ultimately true stories. Why did you decide to get so personal on that album? Oh uh, man, I think for that record, um, it's, it's funny. So me and Pooh was having this conversation uh, when we was in Atlanta last weekend. Uh, we were talking about the Andre three thousand. Um, interview with Rick Rubin where he was talking about just how well, Andre was talking about just how he um, he hasn't put out any music just because he doesn't really have the confidence like he doesn't really which I don't know if you've heard the interview stunning which is me. crazy right but, <laughs> right but I get it I completely get it and he was just like you know just my confidence just isn't there and I work on stuff here and there but you know it's it's just not there and so um, we were talking about how you know Pooh he was saying well man you know he's so successful, and I understand how that can be kind of like a, it, it can it can be a, a kind of a barrier, you know, to, to a breakthrough. And to me, um, I thought of it. It was a lot like recording no news, just because. And I was telling Pooh, I said, "Well, man, I think Dre he gonna have to go inward. He's gonna have to go in because so much of hip hop in general, you know, as MCs, so much of it is made out of struggle." 
You know what I'm saying? You're just struggling to get here. So then once you get to the point where you made it, it's like, well, shit, what the fuck I got to rap about now? You know what I'm saying? If so much of your music was defined by the ethos of hard work and struggle and getting to it. And so that was kind of where I was with No News. Um, you know, my first album I did, a uh, solo album in 2011 was Charity Starts at Home. And that was like right damn near at the middle of my divorce. Like it was just turmoil. You know what I mean? So then when it came time to do No News, which came out in 2018, I was in a totally different place. Like, I was, you know, remarried, my, you know, my paper good. I was actually happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, man, like, what the fuck? I fuck up. Who want to hear a happy rap record? <laughs> so, um, so I was just like, well, man, I got to go inward. You can't talk about, uh, you know, what you're seeing or making observations. You really got to talk about what's going on inside. We can see that the outside looks good. And you, you know, we got the house and the kids and the this and the career. Okay, that's that's fine. What's going on under the hood? And so that was what No News became. Um, and it was probably, um, yeah, writing that album was was hard. Like, I just remember, I remember, like, waking up, because I would just be up, like, days at a time. And I just remember just, like, getting out of bed some mornings, and, like, it felt like I had been in a fight. Like, it really felt like I had been in a prize fight. Like, I would literally just feel it just aching in my bones of just, you know, going through every verse, every word, every fucking line, you know? Um, so, uh, but yeah, but um, it resonated with a lot of people and um, it was, and it was therapeutic for me too. Cause I had a lot of loss leading up to that record. And um, this is like your grandfather, grandfather, my father uh, died father, same yeah. week. Uh, my uncle died. Um, God, I lost uh, the, the, <laughs> the lady that was um, my nanny for a little bit. Like that was helping me with my kids when I would travel and stuff. She passed. She was thirty. Um, I mean, it was it was insane. It was insane, and so um, it really helped. That that record more than anything helped me. Um, it helped me rebuild my relationship. I think with my parents. Well, my my father had passed, but me and him we made peace like before he passed. And then me and my mom. Because um, your we, mom had a heart attack. My mom had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, that happened too. She had a heart attack, and I was just like, "Are you shitting me? Like, what are you talking about? You had a fucking heart attack." And so it really helped us, kind of put a lot of stuff together in our relationship. My mother was really young when she had me. She was, my mother had me, she was 15. And um, that made for a very tumultuous <laughs> upbringing. But, uh, but you know what I, I, I told her, I said, well, Ma, you know, I've, I've forgiven you for everything because I understand now that you were a teenage mom and we were pretty much growing up together, like for real, for real, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I forgive you for everything. You know, I release it and, you know, I hope, you know, you forgive me as well. And, you know, and she was just like, well, nah, she's like, I'm always been proud of you. And, you know, I'm sorry. And, you know, that it opened up a line of communication for us that we never had. And, you know, I just told her, listen, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you for doing what you did, you know, because if we had have stayed, we I, I grew up in a very small town in Eastern North Carolina called Red Springs. And so we left Red Springs when I was like seven or eight. And my mom moved us to Greensboro, um, which is, you know, we, we was living right down the street from A&T. <laughs> so, um, you know, I said, you know, if, if I would have stayed there, if you wouldn't have got me out, you know, my life would have looked very different, probably. So, you know, I had to honor just the sacrifice that she made and things she did to make it possible. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's been good. You know, you a, a bad motherfucker when you remix your own song <laughs> and then you make it even better. <laughs> so you. Sweet You is my favorite song on Man, the entire so album much. or whatever. Um, 
Tell me, what's the backstory with man, this song? Man, shout out to my brother, Tall Black Guy, man. Um, <laughs> my man, Tall Black Guy, produced that one. Uh, big ups to him. He's Detroit. That's, yeah, that, he's Detroit. Detroit. Yes. That's, that's my nigga. So shout out to him. Um, yeah, that was a record. That was a beat he did. I honestly probably sat on that beat for like four years before I wrote anything to it. He sent me that beat back in like 2014, I want to say. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? It was just one of those beats. It was so good that I was scared to rap on it because I didn't want to fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, this shit don't need no raps on it. Like, let's get a nigga playing the flute or something. Let's just do, it's too pretty to be defiled by these rapidly rap ass, this nigga ass shit. Get me a saxophonist in here. Get Where's where's Kenneth G? Kenneth G? Kenneth? Come here, Kenneth. Like, you know, like listen, you know what I mean? I wanted something like that, but I sat with it for a long time. And uh, finally, you know, right before, I think it was, well, this was right after me and my wife got married. And, um, couldn't write anything for all them years and then just one night it just all hit me at once and i was like boom so the lesson i learned in that is that sometimes you have to wait for life to happen before you can write the song when it's supposed to be written and uh you know for all those years i had to beat you know i never really had i guess maybe the muse that i needed <laughs> in right. order to you write needed it. to be in love and marriage yeah well. you and, can I, write and that. i just and that was like when i said in the verse, it was my easy song to write i mean it really was because all the words just came and um, I recorded, that was the very, very, very last song I recorded for the album. I was recording it at the crib while my man Chris was at the mastering house mastering it. And so the minute I finished it, I just emailed it to him, sent him the wave, and we mastered it in with everything else. But that was like the 11th hour, like we finished, I finished that song. Yeah, because I, I have to tell those listening is that if you uh, download Leave It All Behind by Foreign Exchange, Sweeter Than You is the song it's sort yeah, of derived from, from yeah, right, from, which yeah. is already on its own. A fucking incredible song, right? <laughs> Thank you so So then much. he remixes it. I don't even call it a remix. It's a brand new yeah, song. He sampled, yeah, he he sampled, sampled it, from it his own song and then created a new song, which is just as good. And I could argue with myself, it might be even better Thank in you. some respects. Um, so before I get you out of here, I want to talk to you about Drake. And okay. uh, you were on, because I, <laughs> I remember vividly, because I think it was because of your Twitter feed that I actually read the column by the New York Times. Yeah, the New York Times. Yeah, yeah or yeah. it was a piece, rather. It wasn't a column where they did a piece about how Drake normalized rapping and singing, which immediately like, nigga, really released like, the gates of hell. Nigga, oh, like, no. I mean, the New York Times. Bone thugs didn't happen. I know. It was, <laughs> right, just. It was, I, I think he he took it to another level. I think that's, I think that's okay right. to say, you know, right? I think, right? Um, because he... Uh, but he did not. They made it seem like he invented. Like rap. he started right. Like he, he started, started with it. No, 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 Trace no, 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 no. Who no. think I invented sex? <laughs> right. He did not invent this. He may have taken it to a new level, no, no, a new but place. But you didn't invent sex, Mr. But he did not invent rapping no, and singing. Tremaine, you did not of invent which sex. I was so happy that you got in multiple people's asses and be like, I'm sorry. I, I've only been doing this my entire fucking career <laughs> right, of rapping right. and singing. But the cool thing about it is that. Drake has said multiple times that yeah. you and Ninth were a huge inspiration um, to him. How did it make you feel? Because, look, I think Drake is basically going to be like LeBron, right? Uh, okay. Right now, it's people saying, uh, or at least there's a, there's a strong conversation, and some people are outright saying, like, LeBron's the best player ever, okay. right? And people are disagreeing, like Michael Jordan, whatever, whatever. But when it's all said and done, LeBron is going to own so many records that – I don't agree. I, no, no I, I see where you're going with this. Right. And for the most part, I agree with you. Like Drake is going to have nothing. And this has nothing to do with Drake. He's right. going to have, but this, this is where, this is where it differentiates. So this is a theory that I've kind of mm -hmm. been having. Right. So what I think 
is the difference is you're talking about basketball versus music. So basketball players don't churn and burn in the way that musicians do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, if you if you're like a LeBron, I mean, you've been in the game, you know, however long. You know what I'm saying? And you know, if you burn out, you know, if you and I'm not like the sports guy, so I can't give you like examples of players, but you know, it's it's just a different process versus versus with art, particularly with artists consume now. So the way I'm I kind of see it is like I think eventually all art is gonna turn into avatar. I have a, this is my avatar theory, right? So the movie Avatar, when it came out, which was basically just Pocahontas with blue niggas, but that's all it was. But that movie came out, did blockbuster fucking numbers, printed fucking money, and now 10, 15 years after the fact, like no one talks about it. Like it had no cultural impact. Not whatsoever. only that. You ever ask people if they saw it? Like literally, <laughs> right. I, nobody I know has ever seen this movie. I've right. never seen it. I've never seen it either. I've but never yeah, seen you it look, either. It did like billions and billions. Yeah, that shit like, did a billion. Who went to see this, movie, to see this, this shit? Movie? So it's like now, 20, 10 years later, it's just like it's this thing yeah, was right. huge, but now all about. context is over. And I think all music is headed that way. I think that it's gonna. We're moving to a, a case where, you know context is gone so you have all these big like huge you know drake kendrick whoever that just fucking print money you know what i'm saying but the way art is released and the way art is consumed and then not only the way art is consumed but the way the critics and the the so-called you know the cultural gatekeepers where they report on art i mean again if in if you're reading now and this, again, this has nothing to do with him personally. You know what I mean? But if you're reading now that Drake was basically invented singing and rapping, then, nigga, in 10 years, it's going to be damn Macklemore was the greatest rapper to ever live. You know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? Like, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest artist of all time, Macklemore. Like, like, you know what I mean? It's just so, like, things, <laughs> things just get erased. And so, and history is being rewritten so fast. Like, I had, like, my, my greatest, like, my moment moment. So, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit, too. Christmas. Me, we all in the car. I let my boys take over the damn, the, the, the damn Spotify. I'm like, all right, y'all, what, what y'all on? Show me what y'all listen to. Run it. Y'all y'all got, I ain't passed them over the aux. I gave them, I, I let them take over the Bluetooth. Nigga, we done stepped it up. We ain't no, ain't no cords in my car, nigga. What the fuck is wrong with you peasants? So, <laughs> shit. You're a Bluetooth, you're a Bluetooth, that bitch. So, I let these niggas get the Bluetooth. They start playing me shit. I'm like, holy shit. They start playing me rap niggas that like, it's like, it's, it's not Migos. It's like, they make Migos sound like Feral Munch. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I mean, it's just it's just these new young niggas now that just talk and they just and it's entertaining. So this is one nigga. What's the nigga name? This nigga Casher Kwan. I think he I think he's somewhere in Michigan. Casher Kwan. Don't be putting that evil on my stage. No, because it's because it's a sub. It's a sub genre. I had to learn this. This is mm, in my youth. Okay. In my youth, you know, my my travels. Scammer rap is a thing. Scammer rap. Scam rap. It's raps where just the young niggas just talk about pulling their scams. So it's a, <laughs> seriously, it's I, I can't make this up. Okay. It's this one nigga, uh this nigga TJ6X, I think. He got a uh tape, I think it's him the one with the tape. He got a tape called Black Force Activity. So you already know black air forces, them them, them, them that just came home nines. You know what it is. <laughs> like you you see a nigga with some black forces on low low top black forces. That's yeah, you yeah, either you know. you're either a felon or a janitor. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. That's just I don't I, I don't make the rules. That's just what it is. He got a tape called Black Force Activity. And it's just him. I think I think he's one. And it's just him talking about how to pull scams and how to use Bitcoin. And like it's it is like the most, it's some sub genre of a sub genre. That's like the dark web. It's dark web that's, rap. That's dark web it rap. It is dark web face tat rap. <laughs> and so my son's just playing all this ignorant shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they just laughing. And so I, I said, well, man, I said, well, what is what is the what's the appeal? Because I mean, my thing is, I just want to be able to have conversations with them. I'm not going to condemn it and ah, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what do you get out of this? And my oldest son, he's like, dad, I never know what he's going to say next. It might not even rhyme. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but what? he was so entertained. <laughs> like I said, okay. So then we get to the to we finally get to the in laws' house, and my my nephew's there. My nephew, he's 25, so he's like a little older than you know my son. Even he, I was telling him something. I was like, man, you ever heard of this dude? And he was like, yeah. He said, man, I ain't going to lie. Even that make me feel old. I'm like, nigga, if you feel older 25. <laughs> like, you feel 7,000 years old. Like, me just listening to you tell the story, I'm like, I've never, you could have made up a name. I'd be like, I don't know who the fuck that no, is. I don't it, know. Yo, it is a whole genre of just scam rap. Scam rap. They just be talking about the scams they pull, and <laughs> it is the funniest shit ever. And so, but now, you know, again, you know, because we don't have no context or whatever, and I was talking to another buddy of mine, he was like, man, I have people, there's a younger guy in the game, and he was like, man, I got people coming up to me talking about, yo, what up, legend? And I'm like, legend? I ain't in this thing. I'm only like three, four years in. I'm like, bro, that's the... Welcome. Get ready for your avatar moment. Well, it kind of... <laughs> and now I, I'm able to put into to more context and frankly appreciate because when... I'm sure this may have happened to you. Like when I was growing up, whenever I would play any hip-hop, the hip-hop I could play in front of my mother, I should say, mm-hmm. she would be like... Oh, that ain't shit. That ain't nothing but. That ain't nothing uh, but right. That, right. That ain't nothing but. She, she would name a, sam- a sample. She like, that ain't nothing but BB King back in 1966. He said the same shit. You know, they just copying all this music they used to do. Now I get, you get it. why yeah. she had that reaction. And we, you know, we look at our version of hip hop as classic. But I understand now why she had this reaction because. I listen to a lot of this stuff, and I'm like, this sounds like some bullshit. Yeah, like, what it, listen, <laughs> I, I don't get it, and I can appreciate it because it's not for me to get. And as a parent, I, I have just come have to a that different. You feel me? Like, like there's so, my kids are supposed to listen to shit to piss me off. Like that's just the natural order of things. They're supposed to play things that make me, as a parent, second guess my parenting. You know what I mean? That, like that just has to be, you know, the way it is. So, so yeah. I mean, so but I feel what, like it's happening. Like it used to be, you might feel that maybe a, like in a ten-year age difference, but now it's just a couple of years. Like I said, me and my husband are only five years apart. He plays some things that I'm like, I mean, it's it's stuff that people know, but it'll still be stuff that I'm like, oh my god, I've never heard of that person. Yeah, it's in like, that, who's and those, that? And just that five years. And just it's five like, years. It's like high school. You know, it, I mean, I remember, you know, early in the game, like, catch somebody like, yo, man, this rap shit, yo, it's like high school, bro. You got four years to get your bread. Mm. And it's really like that, just in terms of even when you think of classes where you know, if we're four years apart, if you're the older one, then that means you are the senior. So whatever is your holy grail, whatever, me as a freshman, I'm looking at that shit like, ah, that shit cool, but my shit about to be, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's that thing. So a four-year gap in hip-hop years, 
that's damn near an entire generation almost, you know what I mean? And so, so yeah, so I understood, you know, going back, you know, to the Drake thing when I saw them, uh, when I saw like New York times, like putting that stuff, you know, the main thing I wanted to, um, to be clear and, and I, and I mean, and I think Drake knows this, I mean, I, you know, but you know, I don't have any personal issue with none of those guys, you know what I mean? And I've said, you know, time and time again that, you know, I'm happy for Drake's success. You know, whenever people have tried to say, well, man, do you feel like he stole your style or you you want some of that stuff? I'm like, bro, I don't ever jock. I don't ever, you know, be envious of someone else's success because I don't know the price they paid for it. Mm. And, you know, what they paid for it, it may be a price that's far above what I'm willing to pay. But it, but you know it's, I mean? in a way, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's an odd comparison because you and Drake are not the same type of singer. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'll say it because I know you won't. <laughs> and I know oh, you, you probably, you know, would oh, not. But like, I'm just saying. No, no, no. Because you're not saying this, people. He's not saying this. I'm saying this. <laughs> I think Drake is melodious. And I think he, um, when he does sing, it sounds good. It's all that. Drake is not a singer. You yeah, actually a are a singer. You can fucking sing. Drake, <laughs> by so comparison, <laughs> cannot sing. I enjoy all of his music. I think he's great, but it's like it's a different it's a different thing. It. It's like yeah. you can't. That's like you know, sort of, um, you know, that's like comparing. Damn, I'm really about to have Twitter on my ass. That's like comparing Janet Jackson and Patti Labelle. Absolutely, it's like, it, they're not the same. They're not the same. They Although both they sing, both have their strengths, they and both, they both have their have, strengths. Totally. And if we keeping it a band, I mean, if we if we just gonna talk our way about it. I listen to more Janet than Patti. Let's just say that. No, Janet got totally. More jams Janet got Patti. more songs. She got more jams. A hundred percent. Like I, I respect Patty. She's great. I once ran into her outside of Popeyes in the airport. It was the most awesome that woman of my. Is the blackest story I've heard. <laughs> it in a is, long and time. I was like, hell yeah, because <laughs> she was stopping to get some motherfucking Popeyes, <laughs> and I was like, I knew you was my auntie. I knew it. I knew it. So to that point, though, I would rather listen to Janet. Like I ain't put on a Patty LaBelle song, and God knows how yeah, long. Yeah, I think my. But I rock out Rhythm Nation with, today. after this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That, that whole runs right yeah. now. Being able to make a good song is not necessarily equivalent to your ability. Your ability to, to, right. yeah, to do it. So yeah. I and would so, just say that, like, I don't consider you all in the same class of singer. Like, I wouldn't well, consider. Well, again, again, yeah. again, though, Jamel Hill, you are someone that listens to music you research music you deep dive you go in you know the average listener your your tastes don't reflect those of the average listener you know what i mean and the way you consume music and the way that you process it you process it and break it down in a way that the average consumer probably well and it's, it's it's probably not even relevant to today's times i mean to be at honest all, like not all. at all i really again i realize i'm a fucking fossil i embrace it it's, it's <laughs> right. okay with me embrace the now, watch <laughs> with all that uh you know being said it, it at least i read that there was a couple of opportunities that you and drake could have possibly worked together yeah it was just yeah and it, it was, just kind of fell through yeah it was one time i mean we did records back in um we did shit man we it was like we a did, long time ago yeah right? like when he first first before yeah. like before uh so far gone even came out um yeah we had done like a couple records uh we did don't you got a man joint with Dwayne? we did uh we did think good thoughts with uh elza and um we did like another record. I can't remember. It was just another. But this is all early kind of mixtape shit. And uh, we had an opportunity. We we had been texting around the time. He was working on Take Care. And he was going to get me on a record. And I did a verse for it. But I think something happened with the beat or something. And he ended up scrapping it. I This is just what I've seen from other interviews. Because, again, I've never, me and him have never had a conversation. 
we've never had like a phone conversation. The few uh, encounters we've had, it was just all through text and mm-hmm. just kind of whatever. Uh, but but that was it. And you know, and the, you know, the thing I just again, I just have to make clear. You know, when I was when I saw the New York Times stuff, it was nothing against Drake. It was nothing against him. My thing was just look, you motherfuckers is not about to rewrite history in front of my goddamn face. Cause fuck out of here with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, and it's not even about me. It's about. Bone Thug, CeeLo, Andre, you know what I'm saying? Fucking chaos, nigga. Like, that's a nigga from Toronto that was doing this shit before Drake. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's it's just, you have to be very, and, and this is something, another big lesson I learned just over the past year or two. You know, I've never been a person to really blow my own horn, so to speak. Um, I just like to let the work speak for itself. But the thing that I'm learning is that you can't do that. Like you, you can't to to quote unquote let the work speak for itself requires a great deal of faith in the audience to discern and determine what said work is. And that's a tall order for the average listener. You know what I mean? So, you know, you you have to jump in control and be in control of your own narrative and 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 own your narrative. Or else other motherfuckers will try to write either A, write your story, or B, write you out of it. And fuck all that. You know what I mean? So that was my whole thing with just when I saw they had wrote that shit. It was just like, nah, dude, not even about me. I mean, you know, but bro, like, did, he ain't the first nigga to do that. He would even tell you he ain't the first nigga to do that. Like He has said that before. Yeah, like, yeah. why y'all? They lie when the truth will do. Well, my that's why my frustration is more with the journalists and not with you and telling out with Drake. Absolutely, yeah. Like, when you write a piece that's supposed to be a historical piece, you have to put everything in context. And make it's sure your, the history is it's, right. It's right. It's <laughs> your job to do that. And the fact that this... This reporter didn't do that. It it was disappointing. And so as a result, they got appropriately lit up. And you talk about how music has changed. That's how journalism has changed. It used mm. to be you could write something like that. And when there was no social media, people just wouldn't know better. or They grumble from their own homes or they might snail mail you yeah. or send you an email at the most. But now everybody sees that you fucked up. Yeah. And so. And you know what? And about that, too, you know, when you talk about how media the way it is now. I was even reluctant to even respond because, you know. Then that becomes an additional story. Exactly. Yeah. Because then it's. Then then it's it you be- versus Drake. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, it, and it just becomes like the outrage factory. Right. Like, because, you know, I think a lot of these are, a lot of these, you know, newspapers and just media outlets, I think a lot of times, like, they will print just crazy shit because they know it's going to garner that reaction. And so it was even, I was even conflicted about replying, you know, because I'm just like, man, I don't want to give it any, I don't want to feed the fire. But at the same time, I was like, man, but this is my fucking legacy. Like, fuck that. You know what I mean? This, so that's what made me in. But um, but no, nah, it was no no issue with Drake. He shouted me out on IG like the other day. And I didn't even, I almost missed it because I wouldn't even, I don't even hardly be on social like that no more. But I saw it and I was like, okay, word up. And I mean, that was that was the end of it. Well, I'm going to put it out in existence. Y'all got to do a record together. It's only right. It's only right. The we'll fans see. need it. We need it. We we'll need see, to, we need to see y'all collab. So I know Drake is an avid listener to this podcast, of course. So of course, once I say it, it's gonna <laughs> be done. You say it, it's, 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 it's done. It's official, right? Thank, <laughs> thank me later. I certainly pun Bam. We'll be back in a moment. More with Fonte. <laughs> Before I finally let you go, it's a little game I like to play with my guests. Okay. It's called This or That. 
You get this little game we play. You get two choices and you sing it. They're gonna help you out. Uh, I'm with it. All right, you get two choices, not four choices, don't invent a choice. These the two. This or that one. Just bottom line. This This or that. that. All right. All right. Coming to America, trading places. Coming to America. I like the authority of what you said. Yeah, that's uh, come on. And I love trading places. I do too. Coming to America. Do you consider trading places a Christmas movie? Not really. I don't. Either. It's not. It's. I mean, it takes place, I guess, during Christmas, but it's not a. It's not Christmas. Yes, I consider Die Hard a Christmas movie oh, before, do, before, before Trading Places. Do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? More so than Trading Places. It's not a Christmas. But movie. But I wouldn't watch Die Hard on Christmas. just no. To be. But a lot clear. of people do, and I'm like, it's not a fucking Christmas movie. Stop yeah. it. I watch a Christmas Miracle Star on Thirty Fourth Street. That's a Christmas movie. I've never seen that movie in my life. What I was the miracle on 34th Street? I oh. say you miss it. It's about Santa. Like, uh, you're not missing much. Okay. Elf is a Christmas movie. Nigga, Elf is the shit. Elf is funny Elf, as fuck. I watch Elf, Bad Santa. Bad I watch Santa, that. yes. Yo, you know what I watch? Like, which to me is fucking peak Bill Murray. Nigga, I watched Scrooge the other night. That shit, that shit was funny as hell. Man, Scrooge was lit. Yes. Shout out to Bill Murray. Yeah, and That's what about Bob? Hell yeah. Nigga, what? I watch Come it on. every time it's Classic like, Bill. Classic Bill. Um, Martin or Fresh Prince? Martin or Fresh Prince? Um, Man, I would... Probably go, man. I'll probably have to go with Fresh Prince only because Fresh Prince had moments that were like real moments. Like, you know, it, you know, it had some, like, Martin was just, it was jokes and jokes and jokes. Fresh Prince had some moments that were real, like the Why you come don't want me? How come you don't want me? Like, that would never yeah. not put a lump in my throat. It's now that it's it, obviously it's been in syndication for a while, but I'll catch it and I. For, have forgotten about how much serious shit that they talked about. Right. Yeah, the one when they were the racially word, profiled. Racial profile, yeah. yeah. And Carlton had the realization, like, yeah, you even though like, I'm no. rich, I'm still a nigga. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, that was no. Yeah, I'll give a fresh minute. Martin, I honestly wasn't the Martin fan. I realized even having these conversations, I didn't really watch as much TV back then as I thought I as, as, as some of my peers were watching. I used to spend all my time in my room playing records. Mm. So the only shows that I would religiously watch, like in the '90s, was like in Living Color, and uh, um, uh, New York Undercover. <laughs> New York. I, I mean, it had New a York musical Undercover. element in it. <laughs> yeah, I watch New York Undercover because I see Natalie's. You get the live performance, yep. and then Malik, Malik Yoba. And um, but then they jumped the shark when like they killed when they killed Torres. They killed Torres. They and then they brought Tommy in. Rest yeah. in peace, Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. And then like the white. Co- it just it, it wasn't was, the same. Nah, it was not. The it same. was not the same. I feel like they need to like reboot that and just make us feel good about it. Would it would be Dumbo <laughs> undercover now. It would be like just, <laughs> just fucking chasing a bunch of opioid uh, fanatics. Or um, Casey or Anthony Hamilton? Man, Casey or Anthony Hamilton? I would probably have to go to. I mean, great. It's kind of North fair, Carolina brothers. I know, man. I, <laughs> man, I, I I mean, I have to go with KC on it because KC was just, man, God. Like, I, I saw Jodeci, like, I saw them in their prime. So I saw Jodeci. Jodeci came to the Greensboro Coliseum and it was the tour. It was Hammer. Well, Hammer <laughs> was the headline. It was Jodeci Boys, the Men, and Hammer. On what tour? Nigga, let me tell you something. Holy shit. Yeah, I forgot the name of that tour. It, it was this after Diary of a Mad Band or this was ninety-two. Oh shit. So this, yeah. nah, this was this Forever right My then? Lady. This yeah, Forever, Forever My Lady. It was before it was before Diary hit. 
But um, but yeah, man, I, my uncle took me to see him, and uh, I can't remember I don't know if it was the Budweiser Superfest. It was, you know, not the Budweiser. Come on now, you know this. <laughs> Y'all kids don't know shit about that. Don't know about no damn Budweiser Superfest, boy. <laughs> you don't know nothing about that. Yeah, I think it was the Budweiser Superfest. But anyway, um, Hammer he lit that shit up. But Joe to see them niggas, they went in like they 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 were singing like hell. And um, KC man, like he is just really. Just in terms of just great soul voices, I think like him and although his legacy kind of got reduced to the thong song, Cisco is Cisco a singing ass nigga, man. He just I think it was just like the, the hair and then the thong and then the like that kind of got but he in made the way. some cuts though. Yeah, nigga, let, let me These tell you somebody times, sleeping in my bed. Somebody sleeping in my nigga, bed. Let me tell you that damn we're not making love no more. Nigga, that shit is a hymn. That goddamn uh what's the other shit he came with? The five steps? We were only five steps. I don't know what the what the steps were, but <laughs> But we, they was five we, steps. There was five of them and we was away from that. <laughs> um nah, man, them niggas, yeah, I I love Cisco. So yeah, I would probably go with Casey. Okay. I, it, it's a you know, I loved Anthony, but KC just, he was just a fucking powerhouse, man. Well, Anthony Hamilton, uh, I had him on the podcast recently, and he said the two best soul singers he's ever heard were KC and uh, the lead singer of H-Town. Oh, uh, Dino. Dino. Yeah. Yes. Monsters. He, and and that was, again, I mean, those singers back then, I mean, like, you had, they were they all came from church, you know what I mean? And church was, you know, and I think there's a, a larger conversation to be had about, you know, the, the death of the black church in the black community and the role that played in the type of singers that you hear. You know, you don't really hear like shouters or, or belters. You know, there's a, f a few here. But like every now and again, probably the last one, is is, is, is it Fantasia? You can't, definitely Fantasia. It's like, definitely that's Fantasia. the last sort of... Fantasia and uh, Jennifer Hudson. And Jennifer Hudson, yeah. But, yeah, but just those big voices. I mean, you don't really hear those now. You mostly have you know, just robs, which is what I've termed uh, racially ambiguous whispering bitches. So, you know what I mean? So that's kind of... Okay. <laughs> that's you the, just took me all the way. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, no. pretty much... Yeah, I mean, they make great music, but that's... Okay. They're all... This is this, They're Ladies all the daughters... They're all the daughters of Aaliyah. Like, I'm deceased. <laughs> I'm all the way fucking dead. <laughs> I'm done. That's it for me today. It was nice knowing y'all. Please politicize my death. All right, politicize my death. Oh, shit. Uh, Robs. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the best analogy I could the best description. But I mean, but they make great music, but it's just, that's just a shift. It's, right. it's different. But yeah, I'll go with KC. Okay. Uh, Endgame or Infinity War? Ah, oh, man. Um, I would probably go, ah, oh, man, I might have to go with Infinity War. Just because the Infinity War was that feeling of being in the audience and just the silence that was in the crowd when you know at the end when they're all dying and shit, man, that was some of the wildest shit ever. Yo, when they when uh when Black Panther with T'Challa went out, yeah, I, I was, we right. <laughs> and I thought the black people they was in there having an emotional breakdown, <laughs> and I was thinking like they don't read the news, they don't know Black Panther two coming. He out. gotta come back. He yeah. coming back. He dude. coming back. It's Black Panther two is in twenty twenty one. What he that got me? I mean, T'Challa like okay, I hate to see T'Challa go. Look, nigga, what 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 really just took me off Morocco? I don't feel so good, Mister Stark. Man, Spider Man. Man, let me tell you something, man. That, man, that was man up. Let me. This is what it sound like when thugs cry. Nigga, <laughs> boy, look, that thing got that thing hurt. I was like, oh no. 
Tom Holland, don't die. <laughs> we need you for the sequel. He, that, that shit hurt. I, I was sad to see Young Spidey go, but I, I would say Endgame. That was that was like or, just wait, as an experience. If, you said I'm, it, I'm sorry, Infinity, Infinity War. I'm sorry, War. Infinity, yeah, no, Infinity War. That was just an experience. And I mean, all the Marvel movies. I mean, look, they're all the same fucking movie. But that, dude, they're the same movie. They're not the same. That movie. shit, Martin Scorsese said. Martin Scorsese. Did oh, he not was cap. not right. He did oh, not he cap. Was not. He did not cap. That he, man he told the truth. Right. He I hear producing that six hour fucking movie, The Irishman. Look, All right, the cool. Irishman was dope. The it Irishman was, was dope. It was dope. Don't but, be mad. But what he was saying was, I got it. He was like, listen, those movies are, you know, produced in a way that they leave nothing to chance and they're workshopped and made tailor made for the audience to feel this way. Like, there's no nuance in any of them. You know when to clap for this part, you know this is the bad guy, you know this is that. And like I understood, I, I got what he was what he was saying. I strongly disagree, but you lucky I don't have two more hours because I would sit up here and fight you about that <laughs> too. No, I mean really, like the, okay, the only one. Okay, let's go with the most trash Marvel one. Okay, so what was the most trash Marvel? Man, shit, year? like Iron Man three. Iron Man three was terrible. Iron Man three was garbage. Oh god, that, that was, was so garbage. Bad. That um, was very bad. Um, Thor: The Dark World. That shit that was, was garbage. Man. Totally agree. Um, it got it back with Ragnarok. Yeah. Ragnarok was fun. Ragnarok that was, was fun. fun. Um. um yeah, when I go like down the worst, like those are the two that immediately come to mind. You know what doesn't age well? The what? first Avengers. You don't think so? Doesn't age well. Okay. okay. Second one. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, that's because and I, even when I saw the second one, at mediocre. the time I was like, yeah. I felt that way about it. Like to me, the ones surprisingly, the one that had the best franchise was Cap. America, like oh, Captain, like totally. That damn Winter Soldier. Look, I think when you start talking about what's the best Marvel movies ever, um, I think for me, I think it's Civil War. But, oh, yeah, I don't, I, but I don't blame people who say really Winter Soldier. Avengers, it was really an Avengers yeah, movie. Yeah, it was an Avengers movie, yeah. But I don't blame anybody that says Winter Soldier. Because Winter Soldier was, was yeah. the shit, right? No, Civil War was hard, though. It that was, shit was, that was hard. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but Endgame, I, I would I would lean toward that just because, and this is, you know, accounting for my sports expertise, I cannot remember people really treating a movie like a sporting event. And it was that. Mm, yeah. You know, and I went yeah, to the yeah. premiere, and like, it was... Amazing! The energy, like amazing. Yeah. Now people, like you said, the level of emotional distress <laughs> in Infinity War that people had, and maybe I didn't get as distressed because I'm a Marvel head, so I had read, I knew you what knew the slate what it was. was. So I'm like, they got to bring them back, and yeah, but okay, <laughs> I get it. And even in Endgame, I'm like, yeah, Black Widow dead, but not really because she got her own movie coming out. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I mean, I've talked about a third tier when Tony died. When Tony, not yeah, I thought they sent Tony out the right way. I thought they that did. was that was real. And speaking of, listen, can we name anyone? I've I've like I've put this question up before. Can we name anyone who has a greater comeback story than Robert Downey Jr.? Hard to tell because talk about race. These people don't know crackhead Robert Downey Jr. Listen, <laughs> we less, less than zero Robert Downey Jr. Which he was phenomenal in, yeah. but playing himself. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, he just being insane himself. That like man, this dude used to be wild. Like a crackhead. Like, like a crackhead. We're not ju- like we're not putting not up- this opioid crisis mm-hmm. shit. Like, no nigga, pure crack, blown Tyrone Biggum's ass crack nigga. <laughs> when he broke about- into people's houses, how crack like. That man Literally. went from a crackhead to Iron Man. Iron you Man. Understand that trajectory. Ooh. God, that shit is amazing. Oh um, man, I got I mean that shit. Okay, do we have another this or that? Yeah. Oh, I do. Just, okay, okay, all let's right, go. All right. All right. Um, mustard greens or collard greens? Collars. Mm. Delirious or raw? <sighs> man. I probably would go with raw. Um now, Neither one of them motherfuckers will get made now. Nigga, let me tell you something. <laughs> never get the made The first now. five minutes of Delirious <laughs> alone. Never get made. That shit, boy, that'd be all the way out of here. 
Um, I would probably go with Raw. Raw was definitely, um, I just remember just that image of Eddie as a kid. Like, Eddie was always that celebrity I would see. Whenever I saw him on TV, I knew to turn the TV volume down because it was going to be some cussing. Like, you just prepare for, for profanity whenever you see Eddie Murphy. He's just going to be just the black dude with the leather on, and he's just going to be cussing like a motherfucker. And if you don't want to get in trouble, you better turn this shit down for your mama walking. <laughs> um, international lover or delirious? Oh, man. I got to go with delirious. Delirious is basically a praise and worship song. Yeah, it kind of like, is. Like, that's all. Like, yeah. that was all, like, Prince's, like, delirious, let's go crazy. It's all, it's, uh, 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 uh. I mean, it's. You got church. that straight from the church. It's All church, right. yeah. And final one. Feel like making love or cruising, D'Angelo? Um, man, I would probably go with, um, I would probably go with cruising. Cruising is a good stepper song. Because I know voodoo is your, your shit. Man, God, I love voodoo. And that feel like making love. And I mean, the thing is, like, covers on a record, they can go so many different ways. But I like the way he did that, and it sounded like he made it sound like his own song in the context of that album. The album that I don't think gets enough credit is Black Messiah. The Black Messiah. I love Dude, that fucking album. I love that That's album. That's one of my albums of the decade. Like mm -hmm. that album came out at a time. Yeah, it's a gorgeous fucking record. And a lot of those songs, like I had like early demos of some of them shits from like '08. Like them, like them, them records had been kind of in the works for a while but i love that album yeah Still. he when you look at his discography it's like it's amazing i mean it really is amazing like yeah, he's somebody he, that's not talked about enough no nah, he's someone that you know I, I remember i had someone tell me early just in the game a mentor he was like well in this game either you're a michael or you're a prince mm. you know meaning either you just release everything you know or you take your time to kind of do and you know d'angelo i always said d'angelo and sade are my life goals them niggas show up like once every decade with music and then they go away and it's just like, fuck you. And you don't know shit about them. They're Nothing not on social media. Life. They don't. Sade, I'm not fully convinced she actually exists in the human flesh. <laughs> um, right, right. And she, when I, when she came on, uh, she, the last tour she did, she was with John Legend and I got a chance to really? see it. Okay. And it was phenomenal. First of all, I, I mean, I like John Legend, but I grew to love him after seeing that because you would assume this dude with a piano, how energetic he's going to be. Yeah, he Look, gave a show. He, he put it was on. out of control. Word he up, John turned Legend. it out. And I just was like, I got to get on this dude even more so than I am now. And what I love about Sade, she sounds just like she does yep. on, on the records. She got a two-step, and she going to two-step that whole fucking concert. Two-step and a ponytail. Two-step and a ponytail, real simple. And I feel bad for the people. Like, Beyonce's ruined the concert experience for everybody. <laughs> you see her, and you just go see somebody else. And, you know, because Beyonce, I saw her walk on water, dog. Yeah. Walk on water. Right. You can't talk. You, know, like, you can't talk some of the things she does. And when you go see somebody, and you might go see somebody like Usher, high-energy performer, he hanging from a ceiling, and you like, she ain't Beyonce though. He ain't, he ain't walking on no water, water right? Exactly. <laughs> like she's ruined it. So Sade, she ain't with all the pyrotechnics. No, she's, she ain't with none of that. That's her brand. It's very simple. It's very I saw simple. her. I saw her on the Lovers Rock tour. That thing was like 2002, and um, just amazing show. Just class. She just exudes just class to me. Like just does things in her own time. Um, you know, only records when she has something to say. Yeah, I think Maxwell's kind of like that too. Like for a while, Maxwell's Instagram was my life goal because Maxwell's Instagram for like uh, almost like a year straight, it was just this nigga on boats. 
It was him he at the beach. It. <laughs> it was just him. Like it was he was at a party. Like he it had nothing to do with music. And that shit was so fucking great. <laughs> well, when I saw that Sade is uh might be releasing some new uh, music this year, I squealed. Like yeah, a little she girl. put out didn't she have like a record with the um didn't she have something on the on the uh, soundtrack, right? Soundtrack. It was yeah. Queen and Slim, or was it? It wasn't Queen and Slim. It was. I don't remember what it was. It was but one it was somebody. of them black what, tragic mo- movies that mm-hmm. she had a song <laughs> on. Black tragic. It was one. Of, I, mean, I knew it was one. I can't remember the title. Yes, she but did. It, it was. It was dope. I was so. I, I please bless us with another one. So she must have something to say. I can't wait to hear what it is. Yo. Okay. All right. All quick right. Okay. I know we gotta go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Just Mercy? The Jane no. It's good. I heard it's amazing. Yo, I was, I'm going to be real. I was expecting an after school special and I just went into it because I had some Regal gift cards and I was like, okay, fuck it. some Regal gift cards. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, where else am I going to spend them? You know what I'm saying? Like I could buy t-shirts out of this bitch. So, you know I mean? so we was all, we took the family trip. Yo, it is a good movie. Like I will, I will say this, I'll put this on. It's easily to me, easily Michael B. Jordan's best performance. Outside of Ray, it might be Jamie's best performance as well. Ooh. Like straight up. It's okay. It was, it was, I mean, it's very straightforward. I mean, it's, you know, it's a clear, you know, but yeah, it I was expecting it to be just some after school special feel good shit, but it's it's really good. I was mm. I was highly surprised. Now you make me feel totally awful because I've seen Bad Boys Three, but I have not seen Just Mercy. <laughs> Get you a man that I, can do both. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, damn, I feel okay. so awful about Final that. Final question. Have you because I asked for Sue when I just the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Hell yeah, I saw that. Nigga. Oh, yes. Go, come on with the take. I, with, with, give me the take, nigga. No, no, come on, man. All right. Get it to me. Bonus take. Bonus content okay. here for everybody. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the Aaron Hernandez documentary, the thing is, like, it, it was it was interesting the way that first part is put together. It's like, yeah, he was a great player. His dad died. All this stuff happened. And he was sleeping with his right, teammate. Right, yeah. I was like, hey. The way they dropped, the way yeah. they dropped that. And he I was, was like, like, oh, yeah, our sexual. It's the, I was like, whoa, wait, wait, nigga. Wait, what? <laughs> like, what Because you, know, you know me. I'm not the sports guy. So yeah. I had no knowledge of Some I mean, of I this... knew who he was and I knew about right. the murders and all that. I didn't know the deep details of the case and how far it went. Well, some of this, um, it kind of emerged in trial, mm. right? And that there was there was all kind of rumors that his sexuality, his struggle with his sexuality, was um, you know an issue with him. But what I what I don't, I see people doing this. I don't want people to make the leap that that was the reason why he was a murderer. Right. It may have right. been a contributing factor in the sense of there may have been some residual it may be correlation, aid. but not causation. Yeah, but it's not like, yeah. it's not the same, you know, and I, I think that, um, you know, people have to just be careful about making that link. Even with CTE, I know certainly we have seen, unfortunately with Junior Seau and some other cases that there have been some kind of violent end. But yeah. just because you have CTD, CTE, that doesn't mean you become you, a mass yeah, murderer. Yeah, you kill three niggas. But I think yeah. the most amazing part of this documentary is the fact that Hernandez clearly ain't seen nary a single fucking episode of Law and Order. Bruh, this nigga, it was the worst criminal he ever. Is the worst. This nigga, son. It wasn't yeah. like he was super <laughs> intelligent about what he was doing or trying to hide stuff. It was like he is literally killing people Ooh. out in the open. Listen. And it's just like, how did he? How did he kill last niggas. as long that he as long as he did killing niggas and then running to go eight on eight? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like what? All right, let me go back to my drill. This passing drill. I mean, it was. Yeah. Oh, Owner Lloyd is, is, I mean, is is tragic and it's awful, but it's like you killed a dude right in your neighborhood where right there's nothing. It's rich. It's white. A and dead the black only dude. Link between you, the you, only you the black only dude in the neighborhood. <laughs> where you think they think the dead black guy gonna come Yo, from? The unsung to me, like this, the story, because it's. 
Again, like you talk about, like with court, like when when shit come out, I tell results that listen, man. They talk about suing lawsuit, bro. Court ain't what you want. Everything comes out in goddamn court. Is that a little word called discovery, bro? Mm. That you do not want that smoke, <laughs> right? So my shit that was crazy to me was when the fucking first off, the mama marrying the sister's uh, the cousin's husband, husband. yeah. That was messed up. Women be shopping. <laughs> you know what? Women be shopping. And how about when she just straight up asked him for a million dollars? Yep. Like you, I told you, I would have been straight. I been set for life. A million. So, I was like, something tells me that would not have set you for life no, at all. No, no. You just didn't seem like the type of person who knew how to take care of a million dollars. You just married your cousin husband, bitch. I know you. <laughs> you can't take care of a million dollars. Look, bro. With that and the damn the, the unsung, just listen. If you're a brother out here, much how Beyonce has ruined concerts for you. I think Aaron Hernandez's girlfriend has ruined girlfriends for every man. Cause we if you want a woman that's so loyal, you can kill her sister's boyfriend and she say, baby, we'll get through this. Uh, wait. Like, and, what? And, and, and may have helped you hide the murder weapon. May have, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, I don't and know. I, what you do with that box? The, you know, the shame of that is, is that you know, I, I think I posed this question on Twitter. I was like, you know, y'all talk about people talk about loyalty, but her loyalty should have been to her family. And I get, I get it was more it complicated was, yeah, because they, they have a, a child, baby. Yeah, so She's thinking about insurance, but all these other things, I'm sure, were complications. But she she, she literally wound up disowning her sister, yeah. essentially. Who they, so the sister still not, they still ain't cool. I would I like know. to know, I would love an update to see. I feel like they need to be on Ayala. Like, no, let me tell like, you something. Fix they like Ayala. Man, listen, <laughs> I'm waiting on the new season of Ayala. She's been showing these where are they now joints. Them no, shits ain't hot. No, man. We, come on, come back. Come back. I get need the her Hernandez to family. She need to get Shayana uh, on there. Who's? I think she's had another baby by somebody oh, else. Oh, she did. Oh, she got another baby. by. It's, it's another NFL player, I believe. So, um, at any rate. Women be shopping. <laughs> I, to, that was disheartening to see. It's like, man, you really, by doing that, you and and then when his later trials, when they figured out, like, oh, he done murdered a bunch yeah, of people. Hope, she the only one there. And I right, was, even the mama didn't come to the, the, mama to the second didn't even trial. She was like, nah, I'm done. Well, it was if you haven't seen it, uh, and too bad spoiler alert. I don't know what to tell you. Still watching yeah, anyway I mean, on you Netflix. All know, yeah, we know you what know it the is. story. Yeah, him. But I think you will be. Most people are stunned by the sloppiness of which he committed some of these crimes. Man, listen, that shit. I watched that the other night. I watched. Oh man, did you see the? Uh, more lifetime blackness. The uh, the story of the girl that got abducted. No, from I didn't see that with Nisi Nash. With Nisi Nash, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Nigga, listen, let me Look, tell you something. This is why I said this man like forget about the podcast <laughs> he's doing with Questlove. He just needs to break down television and films that are out. That's that's all you need to listen, be a, man. Yo, be a, be a, a, a critic, a content critic. I might, I'm, I, maybe that's in my next act. Yeah, I don't that's, know. That's your next act. Well, look, I, I got to <laughs> let you go. Thank you so much um, for spending this time with me. Man, thank it really you for means, having me. We've been trying to make this happen for a long time. We have time, the time. So. But you finally brought your ass out to LA. Bang, we were bang. finally able to make it happen. And um, and I'll be looking for you on Sherman Showcase. Yes, we are both on we Sherman. Both on, I don't on think we in, well, we're in we're the same episode. Same but episode, we're not the same scene. Not the same scene. So Sherman Showcase airing this summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say much success, but dude, you got a lot of success Man, going. Listen, Even greater success. I think, and greater success to you. Congrats on your marriage. Just, you know, Thank from you. you making, I've seen the way you've been able just to transition from, you know, going from ESPN to like to doing this and like you're, you, and I've told you this before, like, you know, just in private, like you seem so much lighter and happier now. 
than I've ever seen you in the years. And this this would be absolutely true. So, so much love and blessings to you. And you know I'm here for whatever you need. Well, thank you. Um, so uh, he's getting out of here. Fonte's out. But I'm sticking around because you know what's next, everybody. Fuck it, I'm bothered. Recently, the House of Representatives approved legislation making lynching a federal hate crime for the first time in United States history. The legislation is appropriately named the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, which, of course, is named after the 14-year-old teenager who was lynched in Mississippi in 1955 for allegedly whistling at a white woman. Now, I'll just say what you all are thinking. The United States is just now in 2020 putting something on the books that says, you know what? Lynching is kind of bad. It took 120 years, folks, for lynching to be recognized as a federal crime and 65 years after Emmett Till was murdered. Shamefully, we don't even have an accurate account of how many people were lynched because between 1877 and 1950, historians have only been able to account for 4,000 documented lynchings. I suppose I should be happy about the progress, however slow and despite the thousands of people who have died without our government ever acknowledging how devastating and brutal this particular brand of racial terrorism is. But like with anything, this incremental bit of progress is doused by a few things. The legislation was passed 410 to four, which means there were four representatives who decided, you know what? I think this whole lynching thing is a little overblown and maybe needs some closer examination. And I don't need to tell you what party those four naysayers were from. Let's just say that party rhymes with Rasmuglican. Seriously, how terrible of a person do you have to be to vote against a bill that recognizes lynching as a federal crime? What kind of unfeeling, evil, low-life cretin thinks, you know what? I want no part of a bill that recognizes lynching as a federal hate crime and actually gives some justice to the thousands of lynching victims. It's just a bad look. Look, I get that sometimes politicians vote against what appear to be no brainers because there might be some fine print there. It's tied to making funding in another area disappear or some of them simply just want smaller government. But even if that were the case, do you really want it on the record that you voted against a bill named for a child whose murder ignited the civil rights movement, which is only the greatest modern movement in history? Stay unbothered. Mel Hill is Unbothered is produced by Spotify Studios and Unbothered Inc. and recorded and edited by Rich Burner and Cadence 13. Ashley Van Horn is our head of talent. Evan Dick is our executive producer. And Denise Holly is the program manager. Our theme music is provided by Corey Greenleaf and Ben Darwish. You can find more from me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamel Hill. Hold up. 